Today on KIOS at the Movies, I'm joined with Patrick Kinney and Diana Martinez from Film Streams, and we're talking about the film Black Bear. You're Allison? Yeah. You're Gabe? Hi. I'm Allison. Oh, I know. I'm Blair. You're really pretty. You are too. You used to be an actress and now you're a director. Why'd you give it up? I didn't. So do you guys have a plan for this place? I don't really know what we're doing. We were living in Brooklyn and it was getting so expensive and we weren't really working, so. I figured if um, I never learned how to cook, then I would never become a housewife. You're really hard to read. Yeah, you know what? I get that all the time. Do you find it weird acting in your own films? I actually find it kind of humiliating. Roll sound. Mark. Okay, whenever you're ready. Action. You don't think she knows what I'm up to? She's oversimplifying a lot. It's just so rare to pick a real artist's brain. How can you make something if you don't have anything to say? I have something to say. I just think the movie is the only way to say it. It's like she can't stand the fact that I have a single thought about this world. No, it's that I can't stand the thoughts about the world that you have. This has been so fun. You don't love me anymore. Leave me alone! Now I'm wondering what kind of mind games you're playing with me. He's my husband, okay? Blair, can you just I'm calm, can you bed. calm down a little bit? Me? I've been lying since the second I got here. <laughs> You're in I love with her, you are, I, I know it. This is what you wanted, okay? This was going to ruin us. Okay, we're I just want to be normal people again. The film Black Bear grabbed me by the collar, shook me, and weeks later, still hasn't let me go. Director and writer Lawrence Michael Levine weaves a meta-tale of patriarchal suppression and emotional violence that left my head spinning. Allison, played by Aubrey Plaza, is a filmmaker who is stressed out and in need of inspiration. She seeks some peace and quiet in a remote lakeside home owned by a couple played by Sarah Gaddon and Christopher Abbott, who are clearly going through a troubled time in their relationship and pull Allison into their problems in some very unexpected ways. The whole cast here is incredible, but Plaza really rises to the occasion and gives a powerful and Oscar-worthy performance, solidifying herself in my eyes as one of our generation's greatest actors. The film is beautifully photographed from the opening shot of Allison sitting by the dock by a lake to the last shot that I won't get into here so I don't spoil the film for you. Black Bear is one of my favorite films of 2020 and I hope you give it a chance. What do you guys think of Black Bear? Wow, what a, uh, that was something. I loved it. Yeah, I did too. I mean, so it's hard to know where to start. It is hard to articulate exactly what it is about the film. But to me, it's kind of the drama told as a horror film kind of genre, Mm -hmm. if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. It's like the psychological horror of just being a human. Yeah, there's a lot of like horror tropes and techniques taken for sure, from telling like these like uh, intimate, difficult domestic stories. Yeah. 
And I think I was like maybe halfway in because it begins very ominously with like an ominous shot and ominous music. And about halfway through, I was like, I really hope there's nothing scary about this film. And it's just like (laughs) this person's life and with this tone. Um, And that is what it ends up being. So, I mean, I will say that I think if people are going to watch this movie expecting um, like a horror film or like a thriller, like they will be very disappointed because that's not what this film is. It's like a psychological drama. It's definitely in that genre of like woman under the influence, like John Cassavetes. But I think the the main thing that has to be pointed out is just Aubrey Plaza is incredible in this film she's great in so many things though it, like she i really, think she's really underrated is, yeah. as an actress because oh. she is wonderful she's funny and then here like she does drama so well like that i mean it's not like the final scene but like the the pivotal scene in this film is just like heart-wrenching oh yeah and disturbing <laughs> this movie asks a lot of her it really, really does. And she said, I, I read one brief interview uh, before watching this, uh, and she said that she took it specifically because she wanted a really big challenge. And it is a huge challenge. This is a very difficult role. I think with like Parks and Rec, she kind of got put, got pigeonholed kind of in doing the deadpan thing and everybody just like assumed that that was her but over the past few years just with like ingrid goes west and just how different she was in like the list and Mm -hmm. in and like broad comedies and and uh the grandpa movie with (laughs) with robert de niro or the little hours yeah and the little hours she was incredible and then this movie though just like really solidified it that she's like i think one of the great actors i think she's also just such like a i think at this point we can call her like almost a generational figure yeah for like millennials like she is like our winona writer or et cetera et cetera (laughs) if you want to make these comparisons because i think it is because of First of all, because of the Parks and Rec role that, you know, most people saw. But she's, like, very emblematic and is kind of just, like, a touchstone, kind of like a shorthand for groups of people as well. I'm calling it. No, I think you're totally right. Like, and I think Winona Ryder is, like, the apt yeah. um, corollary because she's known for, like, weirder, like, mainstreaming weirder roles. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, these interesting characters that... That you don't think are relatable to people, but like they really are. Have you guys seen any other of the films by this director? I have not. Um, I definitely intend to go back to them because I loved this film and I love. And so I was reading a little bit about the director. um, And I guess this theme of like the work of art and like how it in, like intrudes upon or like crosses boundaries into like the artist's life is a common theme, which is always something that I'm interested in. And I think in this like particular film, I was like really interested in, you know, her character as an actress and director and like the way that her life was being directed or manipulated um, in order like to achieve a, a creative result. Like I thought that was fascinating. 
Yeah, so this film was directed by Lawrence Michael Levine, and I've kind of followed like their career for a long time. Um, he's married to Sophia Tacall, and so she directed another one of my favorite films from 2016 called Always Shine, and she just did a remake of Black Christmas, but I've been following like her and Lawrence Michael Levine's films since... Uh, uh, Gabby on the Roof in July. And this film, like as far as like their whole oeuvre of work that they've done, and she's also a producer on this film. This is just kind of like taking those themes and stuff that have existed in all those films and just like, and it really reminded me of one of their early films called Green with Caitlin Scheel and they both act in it. Um, but it really like takes it to like this whole other level, just as far as like the acting goes, the cinematography is just gorgeous the way the story unfolds like does a better job at like suspense than I think a lot of like modern horror films and all those things combined have kind of, as soon as I watched it, I I basically put it on my like top 10 list for the year. I have a question. Yeah. For both of you guys. Cause I've been trying to think of this, like it, like I said before, like it, it has the atmosphere, the aura of like a horror film of like a thriller, but it's not but it is. Mm-hmm. So like, <laughs> what is the scary thing mm-hmm. here? Yeah. Like, what is the horror? I think it seems a lot like one of the main things that uh, I was so betrayal is something I think that is uh, horrifying in this, but not just that paranoia. It's a very paranoid film like all of the characters have an episode of paranoia yeah i think that for me it's like the suspense of just waiting for like the best horror films like really play on suspense right and i think that the suspense of like what kind of horrible embarrassing thing or what kind of horrible emotionally wrought thing is gonna happen can it's just anxiety right i mean that's just like the horror of everyday life it's just the anxiety of just waiting for something bad to happen (laughs) yeah or like exposure i think what you're one of the things you're getting at joshua is like these people bearing Mm -hmm. their fears and it's just like it's so hard to watch where there's, there's several like very explosive scenes where somebody kind of loses it and reveals like their greatest one of their greatest fears and it's like so hard to watch, but I think it's just like that exposure, that rawness, vulnerability maybe. Well, what do you think, Diana? What do you think is the horror element or horrifying about this? If that's a fair paraphrase of your question. I don't know if I can say what I find is horrifying without spoiling it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But yeah, I, think I think in terms of the relationship, a... like I think the, the man is the terror. Yeah. That I think is true. Yes, yes. For like all the different ways that they like affect women's lives and women's emotions and are still so capable of driving the drama, even if they're not the protagonists. <laughs> very oh, true. That yeah. Is very yeah. Because I think there's the scene when he's just talking about, you know, feminism. Yeah. I mean, it's very explicit, you know, and Christopher Abbott does such a good job at balancing this. Yeah. Again, it's hard to spoil, but he has a wide range in this film of like the different type of Mm -hmm. personalities that come out in in his character, you know. Um, 
but I do think that that's a really interesting point. And I'm really glad you brought that up that it really, he does drive. I mean, the film is about Aubrey Plaza and I think the secondary character really is Sarah Gaddon's character, Blair. And the film is really about those two, but it's really like all of the horror is driven by Gabe, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. you're so right. Yeah. The, I mean, the relationships between the characters in each of the different like versions of the stories that we get are so real. Like mm. at the very at the beginning, and I don't think this is spoiling anything, but there's like a couple, our main couple and Aubrey Plaza is kind of like this outsider who's meeting this couple. And they have this conversation around the dinner table where it's basically like anything that one of the other person, the couple says, the other one has to contradict it (laughs) or like correct it slightly. And like, I've been around those couples. Like, unfortunately I've been in a couple like that. (laughs) Um, And it's just like, you know, these people like so well and like all their like underlying like aggression towards each other. And like, you're like, these people hate each other. (laughs) And you just see like Aubrey Plaza kind of be really comfortable within this space and have her own part in influencing the dynamic between these two people. Um, it's such a like great, like character driven, like little, little few scenes. Um, mm-hmm. It's a small cast. And I think you like each of the three characters like really gets to shine there and you get to know them like so well, so quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how many people are in the second like story though it's yeah. the same space and the same feel and like you know some like borrowed shots almost borrowed dialogue borrowed mm-hmm. scenarios but like it's a huge cast uh yeah. in that one and it's kind of honestly hard to decide which one is more impressive mm-hmm. which of the two is better they're both mm-hmm. so good at what they're doing yeah yeah there's like a like a running um like the running joke i guess with like the coffee oh my god like the coffee spilling everywhere like i was just like this is gonna be and and i think like the film sets that up and that you're like this is gonna be important like this is gonna be pivotal Uh um and it i mean it's an important part of the scene but it also is just like a really funny part and i think that's one of the other things that's great about this film it's like it's funny yeah that's almost like a charlie kaufman note yeah this is a really good movie i just like i hope of it does really, really well, and a ton of people watch it because yeah, I this is definitely one of my favorite films of the year. It's exciting, it's different. Aubrey Plaza is incredible. Christopher mm-hmm. Abbott's incredible. Sarah Gaydon's incredible. All the supporting cast. Uh, it's a really, it's just a really, inner. I just felt energized after watching it. Like I, f- it made me feel like creative, and I just went and started writing right afterwards. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the opening <laughs> shot is oh yeah, it's beautiful. incredible. Mm, like it's yeah. so mm. affecting, and like with the music, and I yeah, I was immediately like ooh, like I like the world I'm about to inhabit. Like from the mm-hmm. first shot, it yeah. was really like impressive and really, it was a really self assured uh, filmmaking, which you could tell. It was really confident from the beginning. So with that, what films do you think people should watch with Black Bear? I hope I don't steal your guys's, but I have two. I think they're fairly obvious um you know just keep going down the road of like uh thrillers that aren't actually thrillers so persona which is like a really important film um if people haven't 
seen it. It's a 1966 film by Ingmar Bergman. Um, I mean, I've seen this film multiple times for like film classes. It's like a staple of the film canon. And it's these two women who are in a, uh, like a beach resort together and who knows what their relationship is, who knows what happens. It's, um, has kind of your like quintessential, um, symbolism all over the place. And I think that's like a really good film to get into if you want to keep pursuing this like question of like when there's not monsters or slashers or ghosts like what are other horrific things <laughs> in ev- in people's everyday lives so watch persona 1966 one of my favorite films i love that movie i'll continue that theme of just like a domestic drama as horror movie with um trey edward schultz Cresha, just kind of his breakout film from five or six years ago that is just about I believe it's a Thanksgiving <laughs> yeah so it's just pretty relatable given uh maybe the time of the year but um just like everybody's relative that they really hope doesn't show up shows up and it's that's kind of the rising action Diana didn't you say you had two movies I did I left it at one what was the other one I'll tell you the oh, okay the other one was uh Mulholland Drive Ooh. Um, if you want to get into like, there's an actress in it. Mm-hmm. What is happening with her? What is happening with this film? <laughs> and like Black Bear is not as impenetrable as Persona or Mulholland mm-hmm. Drive. Um, but I do think there are parts of it where like I could, I can definitely see how these films are touchstones for like just this story. Like there's no way that it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I was just curious because I also picked two. Mulholland Drive is also one of my favorites, but... I picked a newer one and an older one, and one of them I already mentioned is the 1974 John Cassavetes film, A Woman Under the Influence, starring his wife Gina Rollins, and Peter Falk is in it. It's just kind of one of the classics of indie cinema. John Cassavetes is kind of one of the pioneers of independent film, and... You know, he's known for acting in a lot of his films. I'm sure most people that are listening to this podcast know who John Cassavetes is, but in case you don't, um, you know, he acted in a lot of bigger films at the time and then, you know, made these like small films with the money that he made uh, just kind of acting just with, you know, these small budgets and, you know, using his wife a lot in those films. And um, I love A Woman Under the Influence. It kind of is the touchstone for this kind of genre um, the other one I chose is the 2015 film, uh, starring Elizabeth Moss and Catherine Waterston, Waterston, uh, by Alex Ross Perry called Queen of Earth. Um, it's just one of my, it was my favorite film of that year. I just kind of love this, this genre and seeing different people kind of attack it. And Elizabeth Moss is just so good at playing this like broken character, um and the film is shot on 16 millimeter film it's just beautiful it looks like an old horror film from the 70s but you know it's it's definitely this kind of psychological drama so queen of earth you know what other film would be a good pairing with this actually and you just reminded me of it um it's also with elizabeth moss it's called the one i love 2014 her and mark duplass Mm -hmm. are a couple who have to go to like a vacation home to get couples therapy Mm. basically and like weird weird things happen like maybe it's an alternate universe maybe it's not it's so Um, good yeah you just made me think of that one because elizabeth moss is 
yeah always incredible and incredible in that i mean i just watched another one that i feel like could fit in this too with uh uh imogen poots and jesse eisenberg uh vivarium did you guys see that oh no yeah so like this couple they go to look at a house in the suburbs and and basically they get trapped there and they can never leave and there's no one else in the suburb and then they have to raise this this child that's just left with them and it's insane but it kind of fits in this like similar world of kind of the psychological drama of relationships black bear is available on film streams at home for kios i'm joshua labior for film streams i'm patrick kinney and for film streams i'm diana martinez